You're listening to the Pilot Photog Podcast, where every airplane has a story. After months of requests, Ukraine is finally getting some F-16 fighter planes. These jets will be Ukraine's first Western fighter aircraft, which some feel could tip the balance of power in the ongoing war with Russia. Let's take a look at how Ukraine could make use of the F-16, what tactics the Russians could use against it, and whether or not the jet is a game-changer in the current counteroffensive. To understand why Ukraine obtaining F-16s is such a big deal, we'll need to uncover what makes these jets so special. And for the purposes of this video, I'll be referring to the F-16 as the Viper, since that is what pilots and maintainers refer to the jet as. Alright, we'll start with the Viper's versatility and multi-role capability. While initially designed as a low-cost day air-to-air fighter, the F-16 has evolved into an excellent multi-role fighter platform, meaning it can undertake a wide range of missions, from air-to-air combat to ground attack and beyond, including suppression of enemy air defenses or SEED. More on that later. This flexibility allows it to adapt to various mission profiles, making it invaluable to any Air Force. Next is Agile Flight Performance. The F-16's unique frame and flight control system allow for exceptional maneuverability. This agility, coupled with its powerful single-engine design, gives it a significant edge in dogfights and evading enemy defenses, which will likely prove very handy in the situations it will soon find itself in. Furthermore, the bubble canopy also offers pilots an unparalleled 360-degree view, enhancing situational awareness during combat, especially when the situation has devolved into within-visual-range engagements. Then there are the continuous upgrades and modernization efforts. Over the years, the F-16 has seen multiple upgrade packages, which have kept it relevant in the evolving battlefield. These upgrades include advanced radars, avionics, weapon systems, and electronic warfare suites that ensure the F-16 remains competitive against more modern adversaries. On top of this, the jet is very cost-effective. In comparison to other modern jets, the F-16 is a relatively low operational cost. Its simpler design compared to twin-engine fighters, along with a robust supply chain and wide adoption, makes maintenance and operations more affordable. As a result, this cost-effectiveness has made it an attractive option for numerous countries, further spreading its use in establishing a global support and parts network. This could prove decisive, as Ukrainian-based F-16 could source parts from nearby NATO operators of the Viper such as Poland. Compared to the Soviet-era MiG-29s that Ukraine has been operating, these F-16s were a big step forward in capabilities. Given all of these factors, you can see why the announcement that the Viper was going to be delivered to Ukraine was met with much fanfare. In total, some 61 F-16s will be sent to Ukraine, 42 from the Netherlands and 19 from Denmark. But how will the jet actually perform once it begins combat operations? Any battle space is heavily influenced by geography, which in turn dictate the strategies and tactics that will be used. Fighting a war over vast stretches of ocean is not the same as fighting a land battle between two opposing armies. The geography in the current Russian-Ukraine conflict is a land war between two border nations, with virtually all of the conflict taking place inside of Ukraine. Because of this, combat aircraft on both sides are essentially inside the battle space at all times. As soon as an aircraft takes off, it is within engagement range of surface-to-air missiles or SAMs, which forces aircraft on the defensive as soon as they are airborne. That's like a boxer stepping into a ring and immediately punches are thrown, fights on as soon as wheels are up. 
As a result, the conflict has devolved into a very low-flying contested battle space. Fighters and attack aircraft must stay low to avoid long-range SAM installations. But there's also another threat, manned portable air defense systems or MANPADs. These are shoulder-fired anti-aircraft missiles that can be carried by virtually any soldier and pose a constant threat to aircraft on both sides. These ground-to-air threats have all but eliminated large or even smaller air-to-air battles, which traditionally would help determine air superiority. Instead, most air power has been used in air-to-ground operations. To this end, the F-16s would likely be used initially in seed missions, attacks which would focus on eliminating SAM sites and concentration of ground air defenses. Given its small size and exceptional maneuverability, this is a role that the Viper has proven to be very adept at. Another consideration is pilot training. Most, if not all, Ukrainian pilots are trained to fly either the MiG-29, Su-27, or Su-24 aircraft, all of which are Russian-made. Therefore, considerable time must be spent transitioning those pilots to the F-16. Some estimates say at least three months. And while the F-16 was designed to be relatively easy to fly, employing the numerous weapon systems and using the jet effectively takes time to learn. There is also the consideration of which weapon systems will be made available to the Ukrainian F-16s. For example, as of the making of this video, it is uncertain if Ukraine will receive the medium-range AIM-120 AMRAAM missile. And if it does, in what quantities? Think of getting a sports car, but without its most high-performance engine to power it. Sure, you could go fast, but you could go faster if you had the better engine. Getting back to pilot training, we also need to consider the difference in doctrine. Since Ukrainian pilots will receive training from NATO countries, we can assume that the instruction which will follow will be what has been to this point the NATO doctrine for fighter pilots, to act decisively and independently within the rules of engagement. This is in direct contrast to traditional training received by Russian pilots, whose doctrine focuses more on a ground-based controlled approach. In other words, there's a central command and control authority on the ground directing aircraft as to where and when to fight. This is sort of like a ship being steered by a captain who is on shore. Again, tactics and training may have changed on both sides since the conflict began, but this is the way training has been handled in the past by both groups. Then there is the quality of the training itself. Training for a thousand hours and learning something new each time is not the same as training for a thousand one-hour missions that are the same. We can again assume that the NATO training the Ukrainian pilots will receive will be of high quality. This brings us back to the aircraft. The F-16s that Ukraine will be receiving appear to be the Block 50 series, which are equivalent to what the USAF was operating about a decade ago. These are not the latest and greatest Block 70 Vipers, which features advanced ASA radar, conformal fuel tanks, and other upgrades. Still, the Block 50 Vipers are clearly better than the Soviet-era MiG-29s that Ukraine has been operating. But what about Russia's Air Force? We can assume that Russia will be bringing its most advanced MiG-29s, MiG-35s, Su-27s, and other aircraft into the fight. In a one-on-one -on -one engagement, the F-16 can hold its own against any of those aircraft, but we do have to consider numbers. Russia may simply have more aircraft to bring into theater, so attrition could become a factor. Additionally, we need to talk about jamming. Radar jamming, or electronic countermeasures, have been employed successfully by both sides, and this turns the battle space into a more condensed environment. Sort of like boxing while blindfolded in a corner. Initially, 
This could be an advantage for the F-16 pilots, as their training may focus more on independent action. Still, jamming would limit precision weapons and long-range targeting, especially if GPS signals are compromised. The last factor to consider is a weapon system that has been seeing increasing use in the conflict by both sides. Drones. Far less expensive than manned aircraft and attritable, meaning you don't care if the drone is lost, especially if you can take something out much more expensive. Case in point, the recent destruction of at least one advanced Tupolev Tu-22M strategic heavy bomber by drones. The bomber was destroyed on the ground hundreds of miles away from the Ukrainian border. This essentially puts every airfield in the theater of operations at risk for such an attack. So we return to our initial question. Will the F-16 be a game changer for Ukraine? The answer is, as they say in fighter weapons school, it depends. How will the F-16 be used? How often will it be used? At the end of the day, the F-16, while a marvelous weapons platform, is only as good as the tactics and combined arms that are used to support it. The inclusion of the Viper into the conflict does draw neighboring allied nations in to some degree, as they could help with training pilots as well as providing spare parts. Thanks for listening to the Pilot Photog Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and the YouTube channel as well. I will leave links in the description slash show notes below. Now you know.